Just a quick check. Can you guys hear those foxes fucking in the background on my audio or not? Is that what it was? <laughs> I usually have to pay for that sort of content. Oh, can you hear that? I can't, no. I did hear some background noise briefly, but it's gone now. Okay, cool. Oh, it's just quite loud on my side. I thought Phil was going to have to spend a whole episode editing out foxes fucking... Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Brothers, sisters, gender resistors, welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. I'm your host today, Big Laddie Cool, and I'm joined by two guys that have hopefully watched more wrestling than me this week. Because as usual, <laughs> I've slacked and not watched much. But let's introduce those guys for you. Firstly, Matt Brummett. Brum, how are you doing, my man? Yeah, all right, mate. How about yourself? I'm not too bad, apart from awful internet here. Uh, I'm surviving. Uh, we're recording this as well on uh, September the 8th. So uh, some big news is broken. So everyone's, you know, non-wrestling related, obviously. But aside from that, the world's good. Apart from yourself, mate. We've also got a guy who's been out there seeing wrestling live and seeing probably one of the biggest shows of the year, if not the biggest to some people. Uh, JCH, James Harris, you had a special last week where you and Dom spoke all about it, but you've been jet-setting and seeing shows. And how was it out in Chicago? I had a great time, mate. Really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, just some nice to see some nice quality wrestling with no uh, controversial politics or anything in the background, just to get out there and just see the wrestling and just just be part of that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything really happened, did it? Like, uh, apart from what you saw, I think it's been quite a quiet week. So, uh, then there's going to be much for us to chew over. (laughs) Have you you totally missed this? D'Lo Brown got released. No. Yeah. No. The first ever Eurocontinental champion doesn't have a home. You're (laughs) joking. He did a big press conference where he had to go at um, Val Venus and said he's shared a bank account with his gigolo or something. (laughs) (laughs) Also, there's a lot going on in wrestling Twitter as the uh, social media accounts of uh, Brummett's beloved Yorkshire and my beloved Lancashire have been going at it using that thing where you put people's heads on videos to use cricketers involved in wrestling video, which has been very entertaining. Yeah, great, great crossover. Wellesie out of nowhere. Big fan of uh, any sort of Twitter interaction, you know, uh, and wrestling Twitter in particular is always such a positive and lovely place. I'm sure, sure it's all been good fun. You'll be pleased to know, Matt, it ended in a draw, so me and JCH can both be on this call without sniping at each other too bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and who doesn't like respect, right? Just to shake hands at the end. Who cares about? <laughs> who cares about the spirit of competition when it comes down to it? Um, well, we've not really got a call up sheet this week. Ross has had to sadly pull out last minute. So I'm here without a call-up sheet, but what we're going to do is we're just going to jump in straight away with what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 come on. A la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 yeah. There's no better place to start than with James. As we said in the intro, I don't even know if I said the episode name in the end, despite you prompting me on it, James, episode 66. <laughs> episode 65, you were very excited to catch a bunch load of AEW shows ending in All Out. How was the experience in general, if you can try and sum it up in a couple of minutes? I had a great time, I won't lie. So my friend Sal, he likes a uh, front row seat. Me, you know, I'm more of a stand at the bar kind of guy. 
but uh, he treated us to because we had tickets in the 200 levels for the whole weekend. He treated me and him before the rest of the guys got into uh, third row seats for dynamite, which was a totally different experience from what I'm used to, especially at a show of that size. I mean, some of the yeah progress and Rev Pro, you're sort of front row wherever you are, really, aren't you? Because you you got that close to the action. But um, I've never been there for such a big a big event as that, which was a uh, very exciting and a completely different sort of way of looking at it. Oh, it's also meant I couldn't keep going to the bar so I can remember the whole show as well, which was a bonus. It was a lovely experience to see your beautiful mug just behind CM Punk because he was yeah. a pro man. I got a few messages during the show. One of, my, one of my mates texted me saying, can you throw your glasses at Big Cass? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, it was cool to be up that close and just to sort of see, to see everything, yeah. Do you know what my thing about going front row at shows, and I had this in Stevenage when I got the pleasure of seeing your boy, James, Billy Gunn, who was the guy that shocked you in terms of they were just massive when you saw them? Um, Phrasing? Oh, as a, as a, as a person? Like, uh, up close, like when you're that close at the front. Like, Was there anyone you were like, oh my Lord, he or she is massive? Well, i say like Big Cass was pretty big, wasn't he? I think he's, someone told me he's seven foot tall once. And you can't teach that! James, what was the particular highlights, particular moments that caught you as like a fan experience rather than a match. Yeah, player. sure. I mean, the crowd was interesting because at the start, I think it was very, obviously a very, Moxley's a very popular guy. He's come out doing his promo. Um, I think Punk had about half the building probably when he came out to do his sort of meandering, miserable Punk promo before um, Ace Steel sort of turned the crowd around with like the promo of his life and then Punk brought it home and by the end of it, it was a, like when Moxley came out and did his second promo, he was getting getting the booze because obviously, like it is a bit, it is a big Chicago, but it is a travel show as well. So it's not like everyone's there from Chicago. Like there, there's a lot of people traveling in for that show, but I think for Dynamite, there probably wasn't as many there at that point, so it probably was a bit more Chicago based. This is probably a stupid question because I know that All Out was at Hatton Gardens or whatever it was called, not actually in Chicago itself. But what was the Dynamite in Chicago? Or? No, they were all at Hoffville, the same building. What me and my brother and, and the guys learned when every time we drove anywhere is it's 20 minutes. 20 minute drive from everywhere in Chicago, like wherever we were from where we were staying, um, where we went north, south, west towards where the arena was. It's probably about 45 minutes from downtown Chicago, the, the arena. But that's why oh, we so drove. it's not like a million miles away or anything like that. No. I got the impression it was like way out, like it wasn't even really Chicago, but that's like not too far, is it? No, it's, pretty, it's quite near the airport. So we stayed near the airport and because um, we were going out there three times, we stayed. Well, about probably in between the Linton Travel Tavern of uh, Airbnb's, <laughs> equidistant between in our arena and downtown Chicago. I've got one more question about the event because you said on the pod last week with Dom, you were saying that there wasn't really a fanfare or a feeling of a big wrestling show in the city. Did that hype up as the week went on? Like by Sunday, did it feel like a city that in the bubble you were in was well involved with the wrestling experience? No. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it, but at the arena because it's a little out of the way. There were we went and tailgated. My brother had a friend, he, he, some guy he knew was out there. So we were uh, in the in the parking lot. Says people there listening to theme tunes, having beers just during the that, during the afternoon. So that part of it was the same as you get at like a, a mania or not. Obviously not as many people. It's a eleven thousand venue, not eighty thousand. But the city of Chicago, I don't think knew it was going on. If I'm honest, like uh, I went down Saturday night. Oh, oh, to be fair. On Saturday night, I went down to the White Sox game and John Silver did throw out the first pitch. He's got big old arms as well. I bet he's a great pitcher. He is. He is, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the main event. It was the first one I've seen Omega Live. 
made me slightly understand why people are so into him because he was very impressive. That snap dragon suplex, where it's called, is fantastic. The spot he did with Osprey when he avoided it, lands on his feet, and then got caught on it on the on the outside. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Well, let's um let's go into the matches and which ones impressed you. Whether it was on one of the build-up shows, the Dynamite, or do you get to see the Rampage? Is that part of the taping? So they did Rampage separately on the Friday because it's a big week. Just to make it worth your while, they did two hours of dark beforehand, which I could have done without, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> and um, but like as soon as done, that the crowd was pretty dead for it um, for most of it, and then Danhausen came out, and it was as if they won the World Cup. I mean, to be fair, he's another person you've seen live. I think, so he must have come out, maybe the dark taping that they did after um, Dynamite as well, when I was up close. But his facial expressions up close, is he's very entertaining. So I've never, not I've, people who've been before, not his, not his biggest fan, I haven't really got him. But uh, yeah, he's, he's funny, to be fair. And when he won his dark match, he was like asking Aubrey Edwards where his title was. She's just like, oh, it's just a match, mate. It's not a title match. He's going like, where's the belt? So yeah, he's an entertaining guy. He's won me over him, to be fair. I'll give him some credit. Yeah, he's one of them people that seem to dominate the Twitter sphere, but it's really coming to his own a bit in AEW. I'll ask you your favourite match in a minute, James, but there's a more pressing question because I know you're a connoisseur of the knee. What was the best knee of the week? I'll say Omega definitely had a good knee. I remember thinking it. At one point, I definitely shouted big knee. And I believe that was Omega on the um, trios match. I did try and shout, we all hate her, Jamie Hater for Dom. Didn't catch on. Oh, they're missing out. That's their loss. Let's go all out then. What was your favourite match on the card, James? The standout matches for me were, uh, I really enjoyed the main event. I think that was a really good atmosphere. The trios, the opening trios match with the Dark Order and... Uh, the elite uh, Kingston and Ishii I think purely match wise it's probably the acclaimed and swerving our glory or swerving uh, whatever they those boys swerving Keith Lee <laughs> the match was amazing the crowd was amazing the way sort of I don't know whether swerving Lee sort of changed their mannerisms on the fly to be a bit more heelish or whether they're expecting that going in I think they were subtle and like swerve does it a bit more than Lee because he's about sort of where their characters are yeah, well, that was phenomenal and a real sort of coming out party for the acclaimed, I think. Bowens and cell work during that match was unbelievable, I thought. Just actually had the crowd in the palm of his hand. He was amazing. But yeah, I think you got it spot on. I think the, the least were things really interesting where you've basically got your tag team champs, one's a face and one's a heel. It's a great dynamic. Yeah. But, <laughs> Is it, um, are they Luger stinging it? Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of time for that. I know you gave me a nudge about that match, Bram. You said, uh, yeah, it's really good. Like it's, it's so interestingly, like Jake, yeah, obviously he was live, but even me on the watching it all on the telly, I think it's a pretty similar. I was actually not expecting a lot from Mox Punk for whatever reason. I don't know why. But um, yeah, I thought I agree with Jake. So that thought it was a really good match that over delivered. But then, yeah, I thought the big two in different ways. The six man with Dark Order and Elite was just absolutely bonkers and just kept going. Just, yeah, the PWG six man stuff, which. Tony loves and Meltzer loves as well but it was just yeah just done absolutely fantastically and yeah and Silver was absolutely amazing wasn't he so who did you across as the favourites from the crowd on the TV for that match uh, or was it just sort of like did you just think that everyone sort of loved everyone 
yeah, everyone was absolutely having a lovely time, it felt, in the crowd. But I think Silver, more than anyone, kind of got the love behind him. But it's interesting because the tag team match, which was completely different, much more kind of old school, work a body part, get the crowd to buy into it, hot tag, that kind of match, but just done really, really well. With also a lot of the funky offense stuff in as well. But really, I think what won it over was just the, the really good... If I don't sound too much like a weird insider boy, but hey, like the ring psychology was very good in that one. So yeah, I totally agree with JCH. Yeah, the crowd went nuts for some of those silver near falls at the end as well. There was a couple yeah, of mate, yeah, was, the one we named, I think, and rolled him up. Yeah, twice. It was amazing. Yeah, and then to say for Punk Mox, it was I'd say probably about 75-25 in favour of Punk, which I think that promo had a lot to do with. I think it would have been a lot more even split. Uh, my brother's a big Mox guy. He was cheering on Mox, so we had a bit of back and forth next to each other. Obviously, myself being a CM Punk fanboy, and uh, yeah, I really, I really like the uh, and they, they did a nice bit of uh, your uh, psychology stuff at the end of the uh, end of that when Mox sort of fell back onto his back for the second GTS. He's all yeah. out on his feet. That was a, that was pretty. I'm not going to say it's definitely original, but it was something I hadn't really seen before, and I enjoyed that. It was a nice little touch. The other question I had for you about All Out, mate, was um, after the casino ladder match with the Sympathy for the Devil and Stokely and MJF and everything, did the crowd click straight away? It was MJF. How did that kind of happen? It was it was quite hard to watch it, like to understand what the kind of the crowd's reactions were. Was it, did it sort of like bubble through and then more and people got it and got it? Or how did that all work in, in the arena? Well, for me, it was like, we were just like, Oh, he's too nice. Talk- he was walking up next to Big Cass. I don't know if they framed it well, but I was like, he's way too tall to be MJF. It can't be MJF. <laughs> Which obviously was like the, the, the sensible decision was it was MJF. But um, yeah, so I didn't quite... I, no, I mean, you just, I mean, we sort of just forgot about it, if I'm honest, after that for a while. And then right at the end, when they played that sort of voice note, and then they showed the punk video of the greatest deal when we were ring around saying the greatest trick the devil ever did was. I mean, there's, I'm shouting to my brother, it's punk. Punk's a, de- punk's a joker. He's won his own number one contender. He's, he's completed the life. Or something like that. I mean, were, and it was MJF, which was great. <laughs> I got really excited. So, yeah, I didn't pick up on it at all. Obviously, I was, I was fooled. <laughs> that would have though, been amazing, JCH, if it was. And don't get me wrong, it was an amazing end with MJF, but that being punk would have been would have been yeah. brilliant. What a way to turn him, but anyway. Uh, yeah, and then MJF came out and the crowd's gone absolutely wild. I say that. I, I watched it back the next day and I think they cut it before like the end, the show ended before the, before they really went back to booing him. I mean, when he gave him the fingers, like everyone started booing him a bit again. Not like everyone, everyone, but like quite a lot of boos and I know like there was punk chants again. So well, Whereas when it went off the air, it seemed more of like an MJF heavy crowd. Because I think Ross put something on the Twitter and I said, I don't think that's quite true from being there. But then having watched it back from what they showed, it did seem like it was just a pure MJF crowd at that point. Well, as somebody didn't see it, I mean, I can't really comment, but it all sounds good, lads. It all sounds great. I was going to ask something about, I was looking at the card just now, got it up on the old wiki, and I know it's the longest match, seems to have been this Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson match. How was that? Was that good? I'd imagine it was good. It was solid. I'd say that I'd expect more from a Danielson match, and probably, I, I got really excited because he did cow mutilation a couple of times, so I was shouting about that. I, I enjoyed it, I, but like, I don't think it hit the heights of what you'd expect, if I'm being completely honest. That would be my, my personal rating of it. 
Yeah, as a telewatcher, it was bang average. If you were doing it on like a a rated 11s in a football match, it'd be like a a right back in a 1-0 loss, 6 out of 10. Are you subbing it off at Football Manager or is he is he going to have to get, get the full 90? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he's, what is it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's taken off for a more attacking option than 72. <laughs> it's interesting because, as I said, as a, as a telly watcher, all the matches that um, JCH said, I was I was really keen on. And I just thought the rest of the... Oh, yeah, he also mentioned, obviously, Ishii and uh, Kingston, which was a banger. But yeah, I just thought the rest was nothing more than lock fine including Daniel and Jericho. It's like, yeah, it happened. If I had it back, I'd have probably found a better way to spend my time, which is crazy when you think of the people in that match. But yeah, but again, doesn't take away from the card because all the stuff with MJF and those four really good matches was made it, I thought, a really, really good card. I'd like to add also, I didn't, I didn't like, when I was there, I, I, was, I was into the match. I wasn't like bored or anything. I just don't, didn't really remember much after it. And also there's a couple of matches like the Starks, Hobbs and Jungle Boy Christian, which they just sort of, well, one was definitely more of an angle and the Starks, Hobbs match seemed, I mean, if you got your wiki up there, it seemed like pretty quick, maybe like a three or four minutes. Yeah, what well, it wasn't long. Um, they, they just put out like Hobbs' powerbomb out of nowhere. I mean, they had they had moments like the uh, FTR, like Dax's kid coming out, which is like a nice moment. So, it had those sort of things. So even the and, and with the and people were saying the cards fifteen matches, you sort of think is it going to be a long night? And I think it was done in three and a half hours. The main card, I believe, it was looking about eleven ish when the main went on, and it started at eight. So it wasn't like a ridiculously long. That's like a whole hour out, and it was four and a half hours. Maybe it was well, four and a half hours. I'm sure when we get to the round table, there'll be some AWWCW comparisons. But this did remind me of those like mad WCW pay per views, which I'm sure it wasn't the case, but. I just kind of remember there being like 45 matches long and all finishing in three minutes to like a schmoz finish. And I thought it's like that 15 match card, but they did manage to get through it pretty quickly. Speaking of getting through it quickly, I, I know you touched on it. Phrasing. But I wanted to talk about this Christian Cage being Jungle Boy match, if you will, because I didn't even realise until Tuesday with all the hullabaloo around AEW that there was a big old hill turn during this. A hill turn that maybe some saw. How did that play out in the arena, James? Christian's come out being, being a dick. I think Christian, like Jungle Boy's mum, slapped him before the match. Then Jungle Boy's come out, and suddenly, like Luke, just saw it. Like, I was waiting to go to just sing the oh, like, sing along bit. That's quite good to sing along there. And, yeah, um, great one. Old uh, Luke just saw us come out the heel tunnel and just smashed him onto, <laughs> onto that, this thing. He's, yeah, broken him basically. Do you guys think that um, obviously? A little bit of a maybe a, a segue for well, it's not a segue, is it for later? Foreshadowing for later when we talk about issues of um people getting advice from legends. But there's obviously a lot of legends in the in the AW locker room. Do you think that um Luchasaurus might have gone to another giant for uh for some advice? Well... And that, that giant turned around to him and says, Look, you need to be doing at least a face slash heel turn once every three weeks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the baton has been passed, right? Yeah, because I'm expecting Luchasaurus to join Jungle Boy back in three weeks again and then just to completely keep keep going for the rest of the year. Well, I don't know if, if it was planned or not. I got the feeling it was from the bits and bobs I've seen, but uh, I think, unfortunately, Christian's now out for like nine months, right? So um, maybe this was kind of a... Oh, we need a proxy for the feud, and Luchasaurus has had to step in. I don't is, know. Is he definitely injured? Is he Christian? That was like, yeah. Well, it could be storyline. What's a work and what's a shoot, eh? 
No, but yeah, that was definitely a thing, a thing we were thinking that maybe yeah, he's not ready to quite go and this was a way they could do the match still and then, yeah, further the feud and get any feud with Luchasaurus instead. Have you guys noticed that all wrestler injuries are nine months? <laughs> yeah. It's like an absolute standard. You're either like out for a few weeks or you're just out for nine months, that's it, or your career's ended. There's nothing between or after that. It's just the actual standard. John Cena at the Rumble has now ruined any injury predictions forever. They just yeah. go big and hope for the shock return now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, that side, James, and we've covered a lot, but I'm sure there might still be more you want to cover, mate. Just unload. What else is, um, is the burning take here? Oh, so like Jamie Hayer was massively over, which was uh, nice to see. Obviously, yeah. um, she almost got like a sort of mini face turn. I was, I, it looked like based on the way that she was going, the way that her and Brit's sort of argument fell out in the match, that she'd be the face going forward, which is a bold call. But she was definitely the most over woman in that match, and it wasn't really close by the fans in that arena, which is nice to see from our local, I say local, but yeah, someone we've watched growing up or coming up. Interestingly, talking about like the crowd reaction, you said it it was a bit of a like a partly a flying crowd, not a flying crowd, which is a <laughs> different thing. Um a lot a lot of ravens just watching it. He has actually watched an, an AW match before. Go off on a tangent. If someone goes off on a tangent, they change the subject completely in the middle of a speech or a conversation. Sometimes when he is teaching. He goes off on a tangent and starts talking about his dog. Anyway, um, was there many like Europeans there or was it just mainly Americans and stuff? I don't know. I didn't speak like the one people I spoke to were more American um, just because of the they were people like we met. Yeah, I didn't get a massive Europe like flying as you get for sort of like a mania, but there was definitely a few flags knocking around. But it's obviously a bit, but then it's a much smaller like about well, seventh or eight for the amount of people in uh, WrestleMania. So if there's, you know, if there's 40 Europeans, it's probably about the same. You know, okay. Making up maths now. But. <laughs> right, Maury. Let's try again, shall we? This is called adding. If I have two beans and then I add two more beans, what do I have? Some beans. James, just unload. Phrasing. Is there anything else or do you think you covered it? Yes, I had a really good time watching it. Um, I thought the arena was a great size to watch something in because uh, even the our seats like towards the back were right on top, like right on top of the action. You couldn't be that far away, which was really good compared to like some of the WrestleManias I've been to when you're in the upstairs, upstairs of like an NFL stadium, being in like a basketball G League team stadium's back row is quite close. <laughs> so um, that was yeah, like a really good experience. And um, yeah, I'd like I mean, I'd be definitely tempted to go and do it again next year. Well, we'll see based on what our conversations later, but if, if things were all the same, I'd definitely be tempted to go again. How Maybe expensive another. was the beer? Uh, um, the beer was too expensive, really. It was like $16 for a wine. So I got four wines at the start because they come in like with lids. So just stocked up so I didn't have to keep going. So you got a $64 pint of wine? Well, pretty much, yeah. Just over a pint, yeah. As I, uh, yeah <laughs> I didn't taste like that, if I'm honest. Like, it was... <laughs> <laughs> But, but but stadium beers in America are always expensive. It's the one thing that they like. You can't get a good like a cheap one wherever you go. I say the one the cheapest beer I had was seven dollars, and that was at the AEW charity softball game, um, which I went to on the third. I had nothing to do on Thursday, so Sal was going to a AAW, whatever the Chicago promotion is. I wanted to do a few different things, and he told me there was this. 
softball game on, so I just bought a ticket, and there was probably about eighty people there, and it was brilliant. Like watching them, because you could see it. Like um, Mark Henry and Orange Cassidy were on commentary over the loudspeaker, and were really funny. It was based like heels v faces. That most of them were terrible. Some of them were really good. You two were very good. Uh, John Silver was good. Uh, the whichever one of those goobers who hang around with Jericho, he was really good. One of the two point oh boys. But um, yeah, that, so that, that there was that sort of thing, which was which was good to do. But that was sort of the only sort of yeah. So I, that was the cheapest beer I got. Does that sum yeah. up our AW? Do we want to talk about some wrestling that wasn't AW? Yeah. Well, what's mental, mate? Is I like can I watch maybe three WWE shows a year, but I watched two in like two days. I watched both Clash at the Castle and, and When Worlds Collide, so I can feel really happy. I can join in with y'all on WWE chat. Well, you jump in, mate. What grabbed you most from those two shows? Cold take, but Sheamus versus Gunter was obviously very, very good. I was really hoping that with... Um, kind of Vince gone that the Kevin Dunn style production would completely disappear. I still just find it too bright in the way it's shot. I don't think I can ever be completely blown away by one of their matches, but considering that, how good that match was, it just shows what a performance that the, uh, those two lads put in. So yeah, I thought that was, that was absolutely fantastic. And then there was the, I'm trying to think what, um, what else was on there? I also actually, I told a complete lie. I watched three, WWE shows because the other WWE thing that grabbed me that week was the the final ever NXT um, UK match. Mm. With Trent Seven versus Tyler Bate, that was absolutely great. And talking about Tyler, yeah, I thought I really enjoyed him versus Bron Breaker. I think they were they were the three standouts. Yeah. Oh, and I remember Sheamus and Drew. I liked. The match itself, I thought the Schmoz finish, I just thought was a bit like, oh, it just really takes you out of it. Again, it's one of the kind of things that, one of the many things that sort of turned me off WWE. I thought, all right, okay, great. With um, maybe Triple H in, that'll be sorted. But yeah, that was just, that just really took me out of it. And what the fuck was the post-match Tyson Fury bullshit? Like, oh, that was the, that's one of the hardest, like, don't get me wrong, like, I love my son, but watching childbirth was really hard. Obviously, nowhere near as hard as doing it, but watching childbirth was a lot more pleasant than watching what the fuck Tyson Fury and Drew Galloway did after that main event. Fuck me, that was awful. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I I did stick with it, hoping that something was going to happen and then realised, I think, halfway through the song that, no, nothing's going to happen here. This is just how they're ending it. Um, And I um, I saw someone on Twitter compare it to it's like if Bret Hart had won, but Lennox Lewis came out and sung with the Bulldog. And I just thought, yeah, like this is this isn't how you end the pay-per-view, is it? Like oh. it's not, it's not great. I'm, oh. I'm glad we haven't got Ross on this week for this reason. Like I would have loved to have heard him unpack all the, the positives of Clash because I thought it was a really good show. James, did you see any of it? Yeah, so it was on before I went to the baseball on Saturday. So yeah, we watched um I watched all of it apart from the main, because the main we had to leave just as the main was kicking off. Yeah, uh, I'll say similar to Brum, Seamus and Big Walter, uh, Gunther, was a great match. Really enjoyed that. I quite enjoyed the Riddle and Seth Rollins match as well. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that, that image of Seth Rollins uh, sort of orchestrating the crowd through his song was really cool. Really liked that. I um, the were excellent, to be fair, throughout. Yeah, they oh, really... Yeah, the, crowd, the crowd were amazing, yeah. Really great crowd for that. 
Yeah, actually, I was saying that. I was slagging off Tyson Fury. One of my favourite bits was it, and I talk about Schmall's finishes, but I absolutely loved the timing of him and Austin Theory with a punch. I thought that was really good. Oh, yeah, I saw that on the uh, on a clip on, on my phone, and it was incredible. Because um, earlier in the show, I think Rhea nailed Dominic with a similar one, um, which mm. is run around the side and just actually twatted him, and we... We thought it was pretty funny. And then, yeah, the Fury's punch on Fury was fantastic. It was, it was lovely to see Bailey back as well. I thought she did really well because the crowd obviously just wanted to love her, but she was just doing, like, proper 1970s Brit rest, healing it up and annoying the crowd. I thought it was, yeah, I thought, I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, because I think the show could have spiralled a little bit if she'd have given in or not paid attention to it. And obviously she's a pro and she wanted to clamp down on it as much as she could. I mean... Like you say, that was the first match of the main card and the crowd were very excitable. And I thought that um, she'd done brilliantly to, to still keep the story getting told there. Like I, I thought it was really refreshing with the WWE card. And I'm, I don't know if uh, I've still been watching the WWE product during the uh, Ropey Vince era and stuff. And I've, I've been enjoying it. I think the match quality stayed great. I, I completely take Brum's concerns with the cameras and everything, but I've always loved it. But I thought this was great. And like they just had six matches and just let them all breathe. Um, and you can talk about finishes and stuff. And I think that's all very fair, but... I'd like more WWE pay-per-views like this, like maybe going to what they call the NXT model, where they just put on a banger after a banger and just let you enjoy that show as just a wrestling show. And, and obviously that was a, a word that wasn't allowed before, but I hope this is a really good step in the right direction to bring it back more of the hardcore wrestling fans, WWE, if they just keep putting on shows like this. I don't know if that's something that you guys feel like you'll watch more WWE shows off the back of this or not, but that's how I felt. Well, yeah, and, and sorry, sorry, like I didn't actually mean to sound like a, a negative Nelly then. They were just oh no, you didn't, no, you didn't, you didn't. Talk, but, you didn't but, but but they were the they were the kind of the things that just stuck in my head. But that was again, like again, I really enjoyed. It. I I usually just watch Rumble and Mania, so I think I will dip in and out again based on stuff like that. Like see a card with a couple of people on I like, and then yeah, we'll we'll probably end up watching uh, yeah time permitting a a little bit more. There, there was definitely some uh, some uh, enjoyable wrestling on it. James, where are you at with WWE? Uh, <laughs> I not watching, completely won over yet, though. No, no I, I just don't think I've got enough time. I've been watching a little bit. Of, I watched a little bit of Raw when it started because I was uh, waiting to go out on Monday or so. It was a normal time. I think I'm more like to put it on if it's on. If I see it's on, I might sit and watch it for half hour, give it a try. But it took me so long to stop watching that show, even though I didn't like it. That I feel it, but it's, it's like a smoker just starting smoking again. <laughs> I mean, I watched three hour roars for about three years and I wasn't enjoying them. And I can't bring myself, <laughs> I don't want really to bring myself to start doing it again and just making it a habit. <laughs> and maybe it's the wrong show to say that. <laughs> listen, you know listen, I mean? I'm, I'm trying to, con- I'm, I'm not trying to convince you guys because I'm a, a very casual armchair WWE fan. I just stick on those pay-per-views. I don't bother with the weekly shows unless something really grabs me. Yeah, but I, I do I'm, think they're going I'm in the right direction. to come and meet up and watch like, go to like Hooked On, or something, or something similar that we, like when I was with with everyone else than I would have been before. I think if that, I, I, I don't watch, feel be watching it on my own very much. But yeah, I think I'll watch um, Cody versus Punk headline Judgment Day. <laughs> Cody versus Punk versus Dominic. <laughs> and also, Bram, you said you watched um, 2.0. Did that win you over at all? Um, apart from the main event, this is not a criticism of the show. Just how bad my memory is, and probably how how bad my week has been at work, but. Apart from the event, I can't really remember. Uh, Ricochet fought Carmelo Hayes. That was quite quick and, and fun. I'm sure there was another match that I enjoyed. I just can't remember what it was. But yeah, that is literally just uh, me being shit and my brain going. But I did I did enjoy the main event. But it, I mean, Tyler Bates just 
outrageous, isn't he? Hopefully this is another, another, but a first big run for Tyler over there. And he can actually be used as part of that roster to obviously going forward, move up to the main. I mean, we're a British wrestling podcast, so of course we're going to want that. But I don't think it's the fact of his nationality. He's just brilliant, right? And we want to see him get a character and get his teeth stuck into guys on that roster. I'm hoping this is the first step onto that. Uh, I will also mention that in our predictions for the year, I, I predicted Pretty Deadly would move over before they had. And they are now two-time tag team champions in NXT. That was amazing to see. That's like, uh, again, I've not really seen much of their... I kind of checked out a bit on WWE when they were... Okay, <laughs> coincidentally, nothing to do with them. But seeing them, like, yeah, in on British shows and then just, see, yeah, two-time NXT legit tag champs, that's, uh, that's amazing. So, what uh, are they yeah, wearing, I, I, I by the way? That's great. I think they were just wearing um, traditional, pretty deadly, ridiculous, outrageous clothes. No, I saw them on, if it was the week before, and they were wearing like this, like, you know, like it's almost like a half, like a purple shirt, that, but it just basically like came up to like their nipples. Yeah, standard yeah, pretty deadly gear, always, right? Yeah, yeah. did they always wear stuff like that? No, they used to wear sort of layerish shirts, so at least, you know, you could, you could button them up and... <laughs> I was just like, what is this? Listen, if you look like them, lads, you can wear what the fuck you want. Yeah, I'd, wear <laughs> less. I'd wear less if I look like them. <laughs> <laughs> I you're pretty, you're pretty in pretty good nick these days. At the next progress show, I want you wearing one of them. <laughs> yeah, if me you too. get me one, if you get me one, if you get me one, I'll wear it if it's sunny. I mean, I'm now <laughs> hoping like, the winter's going to come. <laughs> um, I feel like we've covered WWE. We've Hopefully, given enough positives out, we are wrestling should be fun. Any other wrestling that people watch this week? Anything else they want to want to cover? No, I haven't seen anything else. Anything from you, Brum? I watched a match between uh, Rollerball Rocco and the guy that late, later becomes the original Tiger Mask from World of Sport in I think 1979 or 1980. That was really good. <laughs> You're underselling it, but I actually want to know about this match now. What was yeah. it like? Yeah, it's great. It was a bit of a um, it's like a DQ finish, but yeah, just I, I was listening to um Regal's pod. My kind of world of sport here and knowledge isn't bad, I'd say, probably as our group goes, it's one of if not the, the best, but that's not saying much. We compared to people I actually know their shit, I'd probably be a bit of a noob. But I've seen I've seen quite a lot of Rocco stuff, but um, yeah, this was the first time seeing those two go at it, and uh, yeah, Regal hyped it up on his podcast, so I thought I'd give it a watch, and yeah, it was a I mean, especially considering it's, what, 42 years old? It was, yeah, it was an absolute banger. Well, if you can hook us up with a link, I'm sure that the wrestling should be fun group. would love to watch that one. And yeah. maybe, maybe the wider world will too, but they're not in the group chat, are they? So Exactly. Well, if that's all you guys have watched, I wanted just a quick mention. I know I go on about them because they're my local promotion. I went to Ignite on Sunday. I will be one minute talking about it, I promise you. Corey McRae is now the new Ignite champion. Forest Hayes was injured. We talked about it before. Very sad. They did a triple threat match with Tommy Carl, Corey McRae, and oh, I'm really sorry I forgot the other person in the triple threat. But Corey McRae won that. In the main event, well, the sub-main event, actually, Corey McRae then beat Joe Lando of GCW now uh, to win the Ignite Championship. I'm thrilled with that because I would love to see Corey McRae at every single local show. And it won't be long before he's getting booked in far bigger shows than my local. Corey McRae is legit. Well, obviously, I, I 
I saw with you a few shows ago for Ignite, McCray, and he was a standout guy on the card for me. It was unbelievable. Um, and he also he, faced he, Lando on that show you yeah, saw. And this he did, and they, they had an absolute banger match. And again, no, no, just Joe Lando because he's fantastic and he's gone from strength to strength. But I remember watching them. It was McCray was the one that I was the most excited about, probably because he maybe touches my style a bit more than, than Lando did. But um, yeah, I, I, no, I really hope that. Sure, quite stocky guy. That's McCray, wasn't it? He faced Banks yeah. when you went, James. It was him yeah. and Warren Banks. You can yeah. see. Yeah. He was good. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really open. Progress snapping him up soon because McCray's he's he's just brilliant, isn't he? And, and he's got he's got it all. He's like a really good talker and everything as well, isn't he? He's got the look. He can rile the crowd up. I think he's yeah. He's got absolutely massive upside. So I think doesn't need us hyping him. I think just off his own back, he's going to go from yeah from strength to strength, isn't he? Yeah, he'll definitely get there. And, and watching him work double duty was fantastic as well. I think that Lando match that we saw, Brum, is still my favourite, maybe because it was the first time and I was just wild by him. But him and Lando had a great match here, told a really good story of ground and pound versus high flying. Just fantastic mm. stuff. Lando's a wonderful baby face. And in the main event, uh, CJ Carter, who's the local hero, he uh, got his revenge on Taylor James. A few they've been building through the first four shows. Obviously, they're every three months, these shows. Taylor James finally beaten by CJ Carter. But it was a really sad ending because CJ Carter then announced his retirement from wrestling and has since gone on Instagram and confirmed it's not, you know, he's legitimately retiring, he's injured, he's worked for a long time. And it's a real shame as a local, like he was a guy that I thought was on the way up, but I hear he's like a guy in his late 30s, he's got a lot of bumps and bruises and that was his that was his farewell. So it was nice to be there for that. And I'm glad that he got to do it in his hometown and seems to have won championships all around the Hertfordshire area for, for you know that's a big deal for that guy so I was really sad to see that he's been really entertaining in every show I've gone to uh, hopefully Nino Bryant steps up and becomes the hero Bournewood now but um, that was the main event of the show and it was, a, it was a really fun family show I've talked about it before I don't want to go on in a week where so much has happened but I had a great time at Ignite and the next show's in November I'll ask everyone to come again great company can I ask a question you can James how in the blue hell was Tommy Kyle in a number one contenders match he never wins no, but it wasn't meant to be an number one contenders match. It was, uh, yeah, I think he has lost every show. It was just they on the fly. They needed a champion contender, and they, I think Corey McRae's lost every show to be fair as well. But um, they just they, they named the triple threat match, which was opening. Whoever wins gets number one contendership against Lando because Forest it's, it's Tommy Kyle, the Top Gun guy. Yes, he's yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> yeah, he's great, isn't he? He's really good as well. Yeah, he's another one that does his job brilliantly at Ignite. Like he's a really fun heel, and he. The kids hate him, which is so fantastic. But yeah, enough about Ignite. Uh, should we should we shuffle onto a round table, lads? Sounds lovely. Yeah, get around it. Okay, Dom's probably done a much better intro to the round table than that one, but I'm sure we've had the round of twist themes just been played and now we can settle in and we can talk about the big issues and that is AEW right now. They're at the forefront of wrestling, it seems. And I know that I have two guys here with uh, different opinions, let's say, on what's gone down, but we're not a negative show. It's not It's not what's right and what's wrong. It's, it's different ideas about what's happening. I'm going to just open it up about what's happening in AEW. It doesn't even have to be a specific argument about anything, just a conversation. But James, seeing as you went to the show, I'm going to give you the floor first. Where are you at with the whole situation regarding the way AEW is going right now, CM Punk situation, the elite situation? Like, having gone live, how do you feel about the whole product? Uh, it was weird because I, on the way home, the press conference started to come out 
on the uh, the Twitter, and he was it was about him talking about Cabana just out of, no- out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, like more and more stuffs come out. The initial press conference. I mean, I say I uh, it's seemed weird. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the hearing today that he might be out for nine months, as same as anyone else. So maybe he was like a, just frustrated that he just broken his arm, whatever he's done, and he's uh, just decided to vent. He seems like a sort of headstrong guy. I think you've, you've noticed that over the years. He was, he's going to say what he's going to say. And uh, I think, you know, maybe everything's just sort of got to him and he's, all, and he's all let it out in one go. I mean, what happened after that? We don't know. If you listen to Dave Meltzer, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny May went in there to save the world's animals. But, um, you know, seems slightly biased reporting that there was only one one side getting involved with stuff. But uh, that's, uh, I think CM Punk probably could have avoided doing it. But I feel like, everyone's in the wrong at this point and they sort of got got their deserves with their suspensions but sort of my initial thoughts on the matter <laughs> Rom do you have anything to say? <laughs> um, I don't know I just kind of find it all utterly beneath me like <laughs> I, I mean you just think like what the fuck is wrong with these people they're not like 18 year old kids fresh into the business who've just got a bit giddy and jacked up testosterone like i see myself as like an old man i'm in my late 30s like punk's older than me like can you just imagine like i just i can't like i just cannot imagine in my brain ever just be like just knowing anyone of my friends or anyone that apart from like a couple of maybe bottom dwellers on facebook i can't imagine anyone acting like that in real life and i don't know anything that happened afterwards or whatever but uh, just even in the press conference, you just see someone speaking like that. You know, and because we're so used to watching wrestlers as part of wrestling, you just obviously, when you start watching it, you're just like, oh, what? this is all exciting. And then when you take a step back and just say, this is actually a grown adult man who, let's be honest, has had everything thrown at him. He just got a, a clean victory over Mox, who has, was, I think that's the first time he was pinned clean in AW, right? And then you stood next to your boss and you're slagging off corporate executives at your company. And which and also, you know, when you think about it and what's really sad, what's even sadder than all of this, the cabana thing. And I've not watched the whole press conference. I've seen a couple of clips that, and I, um, because, because I sent it over to my mate, I ended up re-watching it. And I was like, I think he's pre-planned this. Pick, picked out a fella and get asked the question. He just picked out a guy and went up for it. He's like, he had it on his head and he's decided to do it if so you just think what a pathetic little man and i just don't get me wrong i know he's probably had like you can't compare your, yourselves as humans he's probably had a i think he's got a tough upbringing as he and he's probably been hit on his head a lot but for someone like him who's a millionaire in his early 40s just act like someone who's older than 12 years old and it just i think that's what just made it all icky for me i really enjoyed the show and I was excited about it and all the things with him and MJF. It's all exciting. And then you see that. And it's just, oh, it's just all just feels beneath you. And it makes you dampen your excitement for the product. And yeah, just a real shame, I think, more than anything. And also, I've like, I know JCH is a massive punk fan. And I'm, even though I'm not to his levels, I adore punk. I, you know, the best WWE match of all time. I think he was in, not in theories with. Joe, like his career is unbelievable and he's so fascinating. When he first came to AW, I was so excited. And I remember when we did the, the debrief episode with you guys for the for the first dance, just being so giddy. And yeah, he has a moment 
fun and excitement in his run, but just seeing him there, you just think, you're just a pointless man-child and I've got no real interest in watching you again. And that's forget whatever happened in the afterwards. Because, I mean, if you did throw a punch at someone, I mean, again, in your early 40s, starting a fight is even more childish than what he did on camera. So, yeah. I just, yeah, I just found it all so grubby and bottom-feeding shit. And it just, yeah, just really kind of dampened my interest in the product. So I'd, I'd say, I don't think it dampened my interest in the product. Uh, it didn't dampen my interest in seeing punk either. Half the rest of what you said is uh, quite accurate. <laughs> but like from, from that, but from a personal point of view, it didn't make me not, not want to see it. It made me like more, it didn't make me interested to see what was going to happen. I mean, it's almost like maybe it's always like a storyline, but I know it isn't. Well, I'm assuming it isn't. I'll ne- never say never. I'm assuming it isn't a storyline, but the way it's got worked up, I, mean, I was just interested to find out details. You want to see what's going on. Um, I, I wanted to see what's going on personally. I totally get that. JCH is, is, you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? These are people that we watch every week on TV and it's interesting when something happens. But I think just because it was so like, like ugh, and icky, I'm the way around. I think I'd rather not know, especially like I said, we don't know anything apart from different reports, which God knows if they're true or not. So we, I don't know anything what happened that we, I didn't see in the press conference, but I really hope that the other guys apparently involved and, and the other guys that weren't on Dynamite, I don't know if they have been suspended. I just know they weren't on TV, but I hope they weren't icky in the same way or like got into a fight or kicked off a fight because you just think, oh, you're adults, don't do that. Could you imagine if you were out in town or you're out in a situation or you're out in a pub and you saw people like have a fight? You don't think, oh, you're cool and hard. You think you're pointless people. And that's just kind of how I thought of them. And it took me a while to do that because because we just associate them with wrestling and you just think, oh, well, that's how we used to see them. It's meaning content. But then when you actually read about it, I think, no, actually, they're doing that for real. They're adult men having a fight. I think you're fucking like, what are you doing? What are you uh, doing? Yeah, I think, yeah, you 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 make a good point. If, yeah, if you see people having a fight, you don't think, oh, I wish I was you. <laughs> you're like, what you, yeah, like I say, when, when, yeah. but then other people do. But there are like, obviously, there are a lot of people who, who love a fight. Um, not yeah. one of them. I don't really. Don't think I hang around with many of them, if any. <laughs> Where well, you try and sort of surround yourself with people who are going to keep you out of trouble, not get you in. Yeah. Thing. But, um, think, oh, it's different now. But yeah, when you were, when you were, not that I've ever been hard with my tiny little twiggler arms and stuff, but when you were younger, you were, yeah, you had more testosterone going through your veins and you would maybe after a, a few bevies, maybe get into Mexican standoff with people and everything. <laughs> maybe pistols at dawn and all that stuff and I, I don't think that's cool or whatever but you, you'd sympathize with it a bit more because you know you were just younger and stupid but punk's 43 you know if the books and omega and everything did everything they're probably not a million miles off probably more like our, my age and just think come on what are you fucking playing at you're right it's just actively embarrassing that's what it is it's just actively embarrassing when when you watch wrestling like the idea is I know that it's not like Warrior versus Hogan anymore, and, and I love modern wrestling, but it's still larger than life. You still, even when we go to like more local shows like Progress, you know, and, and even the, you chat to these guys afterwards, you're still watching them in the ring and you just look up to them and they are like superstars. They're incredible what they do. And you do kind of like look at them in awe. And then when you hear about them just scrapping in their early 40s, it takes a shine away. It's like you're not a superstar or all this like, amazing thing to look up for. You're just a pathetic old bloke with no mates. You 
don't know French. You don't know drowns. Who fucking ought to play well? Well, you want some? Huh? You want some? If you want some, I'll give it you. Sorry to go on a bit of a diatribe about it. I just feel a little bit sad about it, and I just wish it never happened. And I wish we were just talking about the amazing like end to all out. And holy fuck, are we going to potentially even see a face MJF beating a heel punk, or you know, all that excitement and how brilliant that would be? And now we now we get into another fucking tournament sort of schmoz title situation, and it's just so sad because you know the lineage of that. AW's world title was brilliant until all this stuff started and now it's like ugh, now it's just all a bit murky where, where do you see the uh, title going it's weird the most boring option is Mox and the, by the way that is not a knock on Mox he's had an unbelievable year an unbelievable run and he's calls himself the ace of AW he, he has been it's not a knock on him but just him now being what a kind of a three-time champion. It's like second and third reigns being just weird because he is, I assume, going to drop the title to MJF at full gear, right? I mean, I'm generally terrible at predictions, but that's probably what's happening, right? Mox is going to win the tournament and drop the title to MJF at full gear. I think Danielson's going to win it. Don't get me wrong. I really, really hope I'm wrong. Really hope I'm wrong. But I just think that that's if this was pre-planned and there wasn't all the um, let's even forget about all the silly stuff with Punk. If he got injured and this this happened, are they going to really risk the kind of the Danielson title reign or or kind of putting Danielson up just for Jeff to beat him? Is it easy just to go back to Mox is is literally just a, a caretaker champion just to drop the belt? to MJF I just think that storyline is the safest and easiest for them to do but I massively hope I'm wrong um, I'd love it to be Dragon or Page I'd be much much happier with those those situations than the other option which is Mox and again that is no knock on him but I just think it's the way it's, it's the tidiest thing for them to do and at the moment it feels like let's just go tidy so they can just move on from all this silliness and move on to what they want to get to which was a, a kind of an MJF title rank but like I said I, I really hope I'm wrong well if you think it's definitely leading to an MJF winning do you think they could go with a and you say you want to you want to hot save the Danielson reign do you think they could go with a like just throw it on Guevara or Derby or Jericho oh yeah I totally forgot about Jericho I'm gonna throw a fireball in your face because I'm a wizard yeah it's not it's not impossible. I, I just think there's implications to that. Yeah, I think we've got to have the, they've got to sell. They need to sell the pay per view. Yeah. So it's, I'm guessing it would be it's going to be Mox Jericho or Danielson against MJF, and one of those I don't think's been done yet. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying with you that that's the outcome that I want to see. I, I think the issue with doing, I, I mean, I don't think it'll be Guevara because he's just he'll whatever. But but Darby's obviously something they could choose to do as the kind of the shock one but because Derby has been I mean he's been paired with Sting for forever I think he is such a a big star there he's not someone that I would imagine to be a future world champion so maybe right maybe you know this is a way for potentially him wearing the strap but I think and this is no knock on Derby but I think it devalues the title a bit putting it on someone like that if I'm going to be dicky about it it's not like Arquette level or anything, but if you're going to kind of give it to almost like an up and mid cadre and then having drop it to MJF a little bit after, it just all feels a bit hot potato-y, WCW-y bollocks, or latter-day WCW. And, and I just think, while Page has already held it, Brian might as well has already held it. He's a god, um, and he probably is not fussed about a lengthy title reign anyway, so you could stick it on him to, to turn it around. But 
yeah, I think with you, I think Mox and I don't think it'll be Jericho because he's a heel. I think Dragon and Page would be my preferred options, but I don't think they'll do that way. I think it'll be Mox. What, what about you guys? Do you, do you think otherwise? I mean, when I saw it, I wasn't thinking of the MJF. I just purely from those people, I would I'd have gone with Danielson. I wasn't thinking until you brought it up that they're putting on someone just to drop to MJF. I mean, actually, what they could do is have someone else win it, and there'd be a there'd be a different match, and MJF cashes in after the match, or maybe MJF doesn't and just leaves it until another pay per view. I'm, I'm not sure. I I just get the idea that they would go into Punk MJF. Punk isn't about, so let's just do this whatever tournament thing, get it out of the way, have MJF beat whoever the winner is, and just move on from there. I think that's with all the murky stuff away, just move away from it. But I might be wrong. I just think that's probably the Occam's razor of um, <laughs> in this situation. Um, well, they said on on the press conference like later on that Punk MGF's the big draw match. So I think that was where they're going. So if they're going for the draw match, who's the, the biggest replacement for Punk? Triple H. Um, I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because um, I think that's who they're going. For. Is it Dragon Danielson? Probably. Yeah. Wardlow. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I just, I just think they'll go path of least resistance. We know yeah, that they should put the most popular man in the company as the champion, and the most over man in that company is Mr. Ass. I'm a nice man. That's what we'd all love to see, I think. Mm. Yeah. I, I, also, why is he not in that tournament? He's fucking excellent at tournaments. Yeah. And it's called a tournament of champions. And like, I'm sure half of them haven't even got any championships. How many of them oh, have won the Intercontinental title, right? I think they got around that because they're like former TNT champions or something. Darby and Sammy are both former TNT, aren't they? What's Danielson won? Well, he's just won titles loads of places yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Fair yeah I think WWE titles are a canon in AEW. Yeah. I mean, sense. they won't call them out by name. They won't say he's a four-time universal champion. But <laughs> but yeah, I think them, they call him a former world champion, I think, if you uh, in AEW, if you'd won it in WWE. Oh, that's fair enough. I could just be talking absolute bollocks here, but I mean, that's what most people have done on the internet for the past week, so I don't see why it should be any different. Well, lovely catching up with everyone, drink lots of water, look after your mates. See you next week. Have a, have a good one, lads. Bye-bye. See you, pals. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.